Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Rockstar 101. His name is Brandon. He is the DJ. His name is Shim. He is the rock star. Class is in session. There we go. Nice, 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 nice. I keep getting thrown off, man, when we keep doing this. That's twice I've forgotten that. That's pathetic. But anyway, I did have a quick story. As uh, last episode, we were talking about like altercations in school with teachers and, and uh, other students and things like that. And I never really had an altercation with a teacher per se. Because, I, I mean, I guess I was a, a good kid for the most part. It was really just I was too scared of getting in trouble. But there was some moments there where my own kind of um, craziness would start to rear its ugly head. And there was one class I was super obnoxious in. It was an instructor. The teacher was our base, one of our baseball coaches and one of our football coaches. And he was awesome. Like, he was super cool to everybody. He was a great teacher. Everybody loved him. Um, but I think we took advantage of him being overly cool. And I was definitely one of those kids that took advantage of that. And the way that he had his classroom set up, it was that U-shape with all the desks. So, you know, everybody's kind of looking in the middle. And he would sit kind of right behind me, right over my right shoulder. He would sit in a desk back there when we would do presentations. And there was this one kid that, for some strange reason, I just, you know, I didn't like him. And he was just obnoxious to me. So I was obnoxious to him. Typical high school crap. And as he's going through his presentation, he's kind of sitting there talking and he's mumbling and he's just, he's going through his presentation and nobody can really hear what he's saying. It's like, oh my God. And so he sees the teacher doing something behind me and he's going like this with his thumb, like speak up. And he's not picking up on what the fuck the teacher's trying to tell him to do. So he just kind of keeps talking like this throughout the whole presentation and it's really quiet. And out of nowhere, I go, speak the fuck up, like in the middle of class. And the teacher goes, boom, with his foot. And he kicks me square in the back and knocks me out of the desk onto the floor, spilling my notepad and my pencil. And I was like, well, that was embarrassing. So I picked up my stuff, tucked my tail between my legs, and I shut up for the rest of class. Yeah. And now I wish you could do that shit still. I wish you could still fucking do it. You can't do anything like that anymore. You can't do anything like that anymore. And it drives me nuts. Well, I think it's because there are a lot of times where that gets taken too far. <laughs> and it's where, like, where uh, do you draw look, that I'm line? Like, like, okay, let's say, for example, okay, let's put yourself in that position, okay? Let's say you got a son, and it's different with a girl, because you probably wouldn't kick a girl over, and that's sexist, and it's not correct, and you, I, we would probably have a different reaction to Oh, a yeah, girl if the teacher did it son. to my kid, I'm, that teacher's in deep trouble. Right. If if they did it to your boy, eh, he probably deserved it. <laughs> right? You know what I'm like? If I went, if I was like, if the teacher was like, "Dad, uh, teacher just kicked me out of my chair." What's the first thing you ask? Why? What did why you did do? He do that? No, no, no. I wouldn't say what did you do. I would say why did he do it? And if the kid, and if my son was like, he did it without any provocation. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, He's crap. insane. Okay. Yeah, I'll be like, that sounds un. You get logical and be like, that sounds unlikely. Did you happen to do anything that might have provoked that behavior? You get fucking do the usual fucking millennial shit where you got to converse and then be like, okay, cool. Did you fuck with him? Did you say something stupid? I'm skipping all of that. I'm immediately going to, what did you do? What did you do? Okay. Well then, then you know what? If that, if, if that is what you would say, it, it leads common sense would be like the kid says, Hey, I, I, I yelled, speak the fuck up to this kid next to me and then the teacher kicked me out of my chair and be like well 
maybe that was an overreaction, but you're fine, right? Like, he didn't throw you out a window. He didn't smash it. He's like, he, he, he fucking kicked your chair and you fit, hit the ground. He said, and I'd say, you'd say to the kid, you're going to do that again? No. I guess, well, you learned your lesson. Yeah. Right? Was it embarrassing? Yeah. You're going to yeah. do it again? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, you don't do not do that shit in class. If he does it to your little girl, yeah, it's kind of weird, like, as a dad. Like, you'd be... But here's the thing. Did I tell you the story? And here's the thing. I would, like... I, I know as I did... I'll tell you about the, the woman who was a mom and uh, she, the, the daughter punched the kid because of the bra strap thing. I told you about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I would be just like that if it happened to my daughter. I would come in and be like, okay, cool, my kid... Knock someone out. I would take it so much further. I would be like, yo, you fucked with the wrong family. We are going to shut this school down. We're calling the news. We're not just going to file a sexual blah, blah, blah. We're calling the papers. We're calling the news. We're, everyone's going to know. And they'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we'll just redact it. It'd be like, it's too late. It's too late. You're going to let my kid get sexually harassed in the school and then attempt to punish her. Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know... Anyone who hasn't uh, heard that podcast, little uh, fucking teenage girl knocked out a boy or just clocked a boy in the face and she got in trouble. And the reason was because he was flicking her bra strap and try- and like and unclipping it from behind. And so she decked him and the pe- the- they came in and tried to suspend the girl. And the mom was like, cool, I'm going to file the-, the sexual harassment charges. And, the, ki- and the-, the school was like, oh, no, no, it'll all be sweet. And that's where it ended. Mm-hmm. But I would have been like... Nah, nah, nah. We're gonna keep going with this. Like you guys fucked with the wrong family. I'd be all mafia on it. Like, I get so protective when it comes to my girl, and I'm so not when it comes to my son. It's such a fucking double standard. <laughs> all right, so I just wanted to get that that story in uh, in uh, real quick here on this episode. So moving on, some of the stuff that people had kind of brought up in previous episodes, or. Um, we didn't really get into it because we didn't know, but somebody had brought up Halsey, the artist Halsey, and whether or not we listened to it. And I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't had time. Like, I'm listening to other things. I'm trying to keep up to date on news and sports and other things, and I haven't had a chance. But Shim has checked out Halsey. So what are your thoughts? I checked it out. Ah, fuck. You know, I checked it out. It's fine. It's good. I mean, I, I don't understand why, like... I mean, I do. I'm like... I, I don't... I don't see the fascination with it I, I looked at it and i thought it was going to be like something amazing and it's just another she's the she's the latest big thing mm-hmm. uh really nothing special it led to the taylor swift conversation because um taylor swift was in a bunch of the um in the feed in the youtube feed when i was looking it up when taylor swift was given the award for like artist of the decade at some mtv blah 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 halsey came up and sang a section of a song with her and so they're in the same echelon, I guess. But I'm like, I listen to Halsey stuff, and she's she's um in your face, and she's got. I like the fact that um she's one of the biggest pop stars in the world at the moment. If you go and watch any of her videos, there's a couple of videos that are really poppy, and they're really fucking horrible. They're really horrible. Like they're her like line dancing in a bikini with boots and a, and a cowboy hat on. So it's kind of yeah. got this little country twang to the song, but then they make it all R and B and everyone's all sweaty and half naked. And I'm like, all right, so that's what very that over sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. It's over sexualized. But then, um, 
there it's, there's there's another video that she's got which has got like uh, it's all black and white and it's done with like a handy cam and it looks really grungy and it's actually pretty artistic and then it's got her where she's like she looks like she's just had the crap beat out of her and she's got a bloody lip and all that stuff and I'm like okay so you know but but at the end of the day people have been doing all this stuff since the beginning of pop music like bending the the genres and trying mm-hmm. different stuff and going against um all of those preconceived ideas of what a woman should do for me i'm i mean fucking call me old-fashioned man but i need a song to get it all started like all that stuff the reason that lady gaga got away with doing the bent stuff that she did was because her songs were amazing mm-hmm. you know like and so halsey's doing it but her songs aren't nearly as good they're just not and so i, I looked at it like yeah it's just another one it'll be she'll be big for a few years you know, Rihanna is Rihanna's another one that's kind of like that. She's done, she's edgy for a pop star, or at least she was. Mm-hmm. But her songs were always insanely good. Like every time Rihanna dropped a song, it was the best song on the radio that six month period. Mm-hmm. It was played all the time. Like she, she had dope songs. Not so much with Halsey. It's just play. It just gets played. So that's it. But anyway, well, the so one experience that. that- the one yeah, experience ahead. that I Sorry. have with Halsey was watching uh, uh, Saturday Night Live, and it was me, the wife, and the kid, and we were watching it, and it got to the point where we were actually just fast-forwarding um, through all of her performances, because it's like, I don't want my eight-year-old seeing this. And that's not to knock Halsey for what she's doing. I mean, it's Saturday Night Live. There's a reason it's on so late, is because it's not designed for kids that are my yeah. kid's age. Yeah. No, I agree. And um, I just find it it, it really... I, I, this leads into a thing. This leads into a very interesting concept. And I, I, this, this is what we'll talk about, all right? It's, it's triggered something for me that isn't relevant to Halsey at all, but it's relevant to music in general in the, the world today, which is that I don't feel like anyone is putting out anything that feels authentic to me in terms of popular music. You can find mm. music if you dig into it, uh, if you dig into the playlist and you get referred by a friend and you're like, yo, I found this diamond in the rough, this band or this rapper or this solo acoustic artist or whatever it is, that's like the reason they're not signed to a deal is because they're authentic and they're bent. But as a result, what happens then is they're not very poppy. And so they don't have like a chorus that's structured with a hook uh, and it doesn't have that element because if it did, they'd be in the pop world they're more like but at least they're authentic at least their stuff is authentic and one of the things that comes up to mind is when you're talking about snl it was painfully aware and this was brought up in the taylor swift documentary that i'll start with you know um they made a documentary they they had um her last album sorry not her last album the one before i think it was called reputation now i'm not a tay tay fan or anything i watched it specifically because my little girl is starting to write songs Mm -hmm. and i was like she loves taylor swift and this is a documentary that had taylor swearing and talking about like real stuff so it wasn't for the kid to watch it wasn't a concert movie it was a real documentary about how hard her life has been as the biggest pop star in the world and luckily it wasn't done in a way that was this pathetic victimy pandering thing it was just her general story and yeah. luckily it showed her at the end of it being like i'm not gonna play a victim because I, I had a rough time when i first became a massive pop star when i was a kid because everyone does she was pretty she wasn't like justin bieber or anything like that where there she, she took it way more on the chin than bieber has mm-hmm. like she didn't have to go to rehab and and talk about like all this she just she dealt with it like with more fucking balls than a lot of other people do she just sucked it up and was like, all right, I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure that out. And how do I be a, 
representative for young women. And um, it was fucking funny to me watching this one scene where, and I wanted to reach into the TV and grab them, grab these people because she's there. She's Taylor Swift, right? Now keep this in mind. She's Taylor Swift. She's the biggest artist of the decade, chronologically with the amount of hits and money she's generated. And she's a girl. And she's been trained since she was 14 to be the girl next door, to not say anything about politics, not say anything about religion, not say anything about anything. Mm -hmm. And after a while, people get really sick of you not standing for anything. You don't need to stand for anything in particular, but maybe like, I don't know, animal rights? Because who's going to begrudge you for standing up for animal rights? That's not really a dividing issue. You know, you're just standing up for animal rights. Yeah, if you're against animal rights, you're a shithead. Yeah, yeah, right? So like, they actually, but they trained her... And it's in her, like, brand and all the, like, her manager and her parents are very involved in, like, the the management and the side of it. And then you got Big Machine, which is her record label, which is one of the biggest record labels in the world because of Taylor Swift. That Mm -hmm. Like, she made that label. And she gets to the point where she's like, it's a presidential election and the representative for Tennessee is going to be this woman who stands for everything that I know Tennessee doesn't stand for. And she's a woman. And she's like she's a racist and a bigot and she's gonna put things in that are horrible for women and um she decides she wants to say something and basically rally all of her fans to vote against this woman because she's all she wants to say is i'm not voting for her i don't agree with her policies and it becomes this massive fucking meeting with everyone involved where they're like you can't do this you can't say that you support someone because all the people and so the manager comes in and I just wanted to fight. It fires me up, dude, because he's like, he said the words in the documentary, I'm scared. I'm scared. Now, the father is in the room and he says, I'm scared because you're so relevant and important that there might be some crazy Tennessee person that we're going to have to start driving you around in armored vehicles because someone's going to take a shot at you because they're like some crazy gun toting Tennessee person that doesn't agree Mm -hmm. with your politics and tells you to stay out of it. The manager, on the other hand, the first thing he said was, if I could wave a magic wand and cut your audience in half, this is how I'd do it. And I was like, you don't give a fuck about anything. Nope. You don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, and part of me wanted to be like, hey, hey, Mr. 50 year old white guy that contributes basically nothing. Like you're effectively a glorified overpaid administrator. You do what you're told. Mm-hmm. You, it's Taylor Swift. You could be replaced in a second. She's going to sell what she sells no matter what. Yeah. You don't have any real... And, and you're like, oh, I, I, you can't do this because you're going to cut your profit margins in half. What he means is you're going to cut my profit margins in half. To which you want to say to him like, hey, aren't you a manager that also manages other artists that can that can go and make other income by managing other artists and doing other things? And you work for your artist. She is in charge of doing what she wants to do. And she is also the one who's going to suffer more because she has no other income stream. She's only able to make Taylor Swift records. Mm-hmm. You can manage other artists. So she's the one. She, she risks so much more by doing this. And she's got the balls to go out there and do it. And you're the one saying, like, you're scared that you're going to lose 50% of the income you make off her. She's going to lose way more money. She has so much more to risk. And she's the one that just threw down and was like, it's happening. I'm doing this. I'm not going to stand by and not you. And I was like, I was nearly fucking dancing in the living room like, what, (laughs) Tay-Tay, what? Like, I was stoked for her because I'm like, thank God, a woman, not even a woman, a person with talent 
who has a voice, who has a microphone that can reach a lot of people, who is choosing to stand for something, and she's choosing to stand for something that is right, and she's choosing to stand for something against all of these people that are like, please don't do this. That level of oppression when there's that much money and influence involved, it's hard to fight against that when you're living in that bubble. And so she came out and she was like, yo, all my kids, time to vote. Time to register and vote. If you're 18, between 18 and 25 in my demographic, listens to my shit, get out there and vote. And she helped to sway the election. The woman still won, which sucked, but the voting was significantly different than they were planning right before the election because she blew up all the social media and there's millions of kids listening to her. So you have that and you have Taylor Swift who's doing her videos the way she's doing them. Now, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but it leads to the thing of you go with Halsey. You go with anyone else who's in that echelon. I don't find that level of authenticity with what they're doing. I don't find the authenticity in the music and I don't find the authenticity in what they stand for. And that's the first thing that I ask people who I start working with. I'm like, do you know what you stand for? Do you know what you're willing to be criticized for and argued with over? Because you need to figure that out before you start writing any songs and putting anything out there because otherwise you're just part of the fucking noise. And I've not worked with people specifically because they are, A, they can't answer the question, but also they argue the fact that it's not relevant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's cool. So then you'll go and do what you're going to do with someone else. And I wish you the best of luck. But I'm not fucking doing it because it's a waste of time. It's like, it's just not for me. So well, that happened that with... Nutshell version. That happened with Metallica within the past year. And some of it had to do with when they were here in El Paso... Um, when Jim Brewer was walking us through the backstage, uh, Beto O'Rourke was there. Beto is a representative from El Paso. He ran for president. He, he bowed out a while ago, uh, but he was a pretty big name. He ran against Ted Cruz for the Senate seat um, here in the state of Texas. He had a pretty big name nationally that a lot of people knew was Beto O'Rourke. And Metallica came out a few times. They're, they were anti-Trump. Um, and you know, the, when it leaked out that they were meeting with Beto, all of a sudden their audience is so big. You're going to get people who are on both sides of the spectrum. You're going to get people who support Trump and listen to Metallica and their management kind of came in and said, you guys got to like cut the political stuff out because you're going to start affecting ticket sales, record sales, and even a, a band as big as Metallica that's been around as long as Metallica that has the following as big as Metallica, they still have to deal with that stuff too. Where for me, it's like, yeah, I get why you need to do that, but what's the point of gaining that kind of a voice if you don't use it for anything? Yeah. What's the point of gaining that kind of an audience if you aren't going to use it to speak out about things and you don't and like for me personally there's a like a lot of different things where i agree with the right and there's a lot of different things where i agree with the left and i'm willing to hear both sides unless you're super racist or you're super sexist or there's some major issue going on there i'm not going to stop listening to your albums i'm not going to stop wanting to go to your concerts but unfortunately there are people out there like that who will do that who will stop um kind of supporting the band because of a political view yeah, but and then you got a band like rage thing, against like, the machine who's very yeah. open about what they feel and man dude i'm telling you the countdown for that show is on <laughs> and you better be ready because we're gonna have a fucking blast at that rage yeah, have man. you listened to run the jewels at all run the jewels no 
That's the opening act. It's a hip hop group, and they're fucking awesome. Okay. Um, I'm going to check it out. But yeah, that's going to be... I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Run the Jewels, but we got that Rage Against the Machine concert. So just to let people know, coming up, we're not sure when we're going to do it. We're not sure how we're going to do it. But where I live, it's about a 45-minute drive to the venue where Rage Against the Machine is going to be at. So we I don't know how the cell service is on that route, but we'll try to live stream somehow, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, like we're going to try to do a lot of things while you're here in El Paso, um, yeah. so we can take advantage of that. We're going to record a bunch of episodes of the podcast. We'll probably try to do a maybe a live version of the podcast as we're driving to the venue. That might completely blow up in our face. We don't know, but fuck it. We'll try a few <laughs> different things. We'll see what happens. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be like Tay Tay. We'll try things. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> But that's the thing that I find uh, really hard to comprehend. If you're at the level that Metallica's at, well, you've got, you've got your money in the bank. Everyone who works with you has got their money in the bank. Why are you concerned with... And, and if you don't sell tickets to one part of that audience, Metallica sells out everywhere they go. The, the other people who couldn't get a ticket because the bigots who decided not to buy a ticket, they'll just they'll get bought up by more people who are cool people. Like, you're not going to lose money. Metallica's the type of band that should be able to say, dude, I'm sorry, is millions of dollars a year not fucking enough for you? Like, yeah, we're doing this. You know, like, seriously, if I had my house paid off and two cars and the kids' education put away and all the basic needs, and I'm like, cool, anything on top of that is gravy. And someone said, hey, we want to stand up for something really important and we might take a pay hit. I'll be like, let's fucking burn the place down. Let's mm -hmm. go and do some damage. Like, I'm covered. Who cares if we lose like 20% of the net income? We've already got our shit paid off back at home. Like, it's all gravy after that. Well, I just I don't understand how people can want like oh no no, but I was gonna get my third jet next summer. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, and that's and then for me that's kind of this might be I, I mean I think differently because obviously I don't have Metallica's money. I haven't been around as long as they've been. I haven't been through the stuff that they have been through. But for for me personally, it's more of a scenario of how do you want to be remembered, and that's something that I battle with constantly like on a daily basis as i'm doing things as i'm on the air as i'm talking about things or taking a position on something as i'm raising my kid as i'm you know in my relationship with yeah. my wife all these different things how are you going to be remembered and yeah. i would rather be remembered as the guy who took a stance and believed in something and helped push a movement than the guy who stayed out of it because he didn't want to affect how much money he was making. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, but then, and but it's you, funny because that's why the Beatles are still the Beatles. Everyone has the thing of like the Rolling Stones versus the Beatles. Oh, yeah. And the truth is, you remember more of the Beatles. The Beatles are better for every reason that there is. And if you want to argue with me, don't. Um, but basically, <laughs> uh, the Rolling Stones never stood for anything except like partying, having a good time and rock and roll. The Beatles were about politics and peace and love and going against the government and going against the war. They stood for everything and they kind of set the tone for that whole concept of artists having a voice and standing for something. And as a result, they will be remembered long after. They're, they're remembered more for their, their spirit mm -hmm. than their music. Their music happens to also be... But it's the real... Like, all, I listen to that stuff still. It's, it's a, constantly in my rotation. And when you think about artists like Rage Against the Machine, bands that are from that era who were big at the time, just as big as Rage, but Rage, you couldn't, I couldn't name another band that has been broken up for 10 years that hasn't done a show, 
that then puts on a show and it sells out that quickly with ticket prices that expensive. Yeah. No other band would be that hot. It's because they it's because they stand for something. They're relevant even 20 years after that. It's been what 30 years since they released their first album, nearly. And it's still better than everything yeah, else near. that gets fucking released now. It's better than anything else. It's fucking insane. So like it doesn't matter what you stand for, but you got to stand for something. Yeah, going back to something. the uh to the Beatles Rolling Stones conversation, that is something that we've talked about a few different times on the air on the morning show because Buzz, he's a diehard Beatles fan. Like loves oh, yeah. the Beatles. Uh I would agree that the Beatles are the better band. I love the Stones, and I think if I Yeah, if, Stones for, are right. for more often than not, I think if I were to want to Pick like the way that we looked at it was, if you if you get in your car and you have two playlists, one's the Beatles, one's the Rolling Stones. Which one are you going to pick? And I thought, kind of more often than not, I would probably go to the Rolling Stones, but I would really depend on my mood, and that would fluctuate. Like there's sometimes I would pick Stones, and there's sometimes I would pick the Beatles. Um, but man, it's so fun telling him that the Beatles suck. And they were just second best to the Rolling Stones because he gets so fucking bent out of shape. It's one of those situations yeah. where it's like, dude, I like, I don't believe this at all. But the fun yeah. is watching you get worked up over this. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, that's one of the things I respect the most about Buzz is his passion. You got to love people with that level of passion where they're like, hold on. I was going to go and have an experience tonight with my family, but we're going to stop everything and talk about this because you're fucking wrong. Eh, I, see, I don't think it's passion. It's it, just man. anger. It's just old man anger. Really? It's not passion? Okay, well, for me, it's always passion. But <laughs> anyway. All right. I think we're good. To, we we, we got to start wrapping it up for everyone. And then the next time that we uh, talk to everyone, I think we're going to be at the point where we're going to be on the way to Rage Against the Machine, man. Yeah, and then uh, we'll get a couple of episodes um, you know, recorded while you're here in El Paso because Shim's going to be here in the end of March. So if you do have anything for us that you want discussed, you can have a question, a comment, a topic. It really doesn't matter. Um, we, you might know, I, it, I, I we apologize. might make it our first video podcast, maybe. That'll be the first video podcast since we'll be in the same place. Yeah, let's give it a shot, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's it's we, we apologize if we aren't able to get to the topics that you guys do send us as quickly as we want to. Um it, it's it's difficult. Shim is on arguably one of the most difficult time zones for me to record with because he is 18 hours ahead. So when it's 4 p.m. where I'm at, it is 10 a.m. the next day for Shim. So that does throw a little bit of cog into it, but we will get to your stuff um, eventually. So if you want to send us things on social media, you can find Shim. He is over on uh, Twitter. It's at Shim Moore, S-H-I-M-M-O-O-R-E. Or you can find me over on Instagram. It is at The Real Brandalorian. And feel free to hit us up, man. Send us a direct message if you want. If there's something that you want to bring up that you don't want brought up on the podcast per se, maybe it's just a question for us. You're more than welcome to do that as well. But of course, topics, questions, comments for Rockstar 101 are more than welcome. On that note, Shim, do you have anything else? No, I'm happy, man. I feel good. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Would you like to tell people to go beat up kids with a rock again? Only if it's warranted, bitch. No, no, I want them to be like Kevin and just walk away after <laughs> okay. expressing themselves and saying, I don't accept that type of uh, language and behavior and I will not be oppressed and then walk away so the kid has no fucking the, idea what the fuck happened. No, the funniest no, I'm, thing I'm, is I'm, the fact that my boss's name is Kevin and people like will maybe start relating that. It's like, that's not what we're talking about here. The Kevin that... Dude, nah, Kevin, Kevin is not 
the Kevin, that's ironic. Kevin Vargas is the furthest from the Kevin that I'm talking about. He's the yes. exact opposite type of Kevin. Yeah, the, the Kevin that we that we were talking about was in reference to a Jim Jeffries stand-up comedy bit. Yeah. But on that note, again, the sh- yeah. uh, the socials really quick at Shim Moore over on Twitter and at the Real Brandalorian over on Instagram. If you guys want to hit us up, you're more than welcome to do so. And his name is Shim. He is the rock star. His name is Kevin. He is the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. Class dismissed.